not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Uh, Senator Barrasso, thank you for coming on the program. How are you doing today? Uh, really well, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Uh, I'd like to get your initial reaction to the new Congressional Budget Office score, uh, which impacted that it might have a net uh, reduction of $84 billion on the deficit. Your reaction, Senator? Well, what we did learn from that is that this is still going to cost over a trillion dollars. There's over 20 new taxes on the uh, American public, and you're looking at... Uh, $700 billion coming away from our seniors on Medicare, their treatment, and uh, to do what? Not to help them, but to start a new government program for someone else. So we still know that even though this may not be unconstitutional, it's still unworkable, it's still unaffordable, and the health care law is still very unpopular. As an orthopedic surgeon, Senator, uh, how do you think this is going to impact your physician colleagues going forward? Well, I think from the beginning, Sean, uh, this health care law was as crammed down the throats of the American people is going to be bad for uh, patients as well as bad for providers and nurses and doctors who take care of those patients and terrible for taxpayers. You know, from a patient standpoint, I worry about people on Medicare being able to get a doctor uh, with the kind of cuts that they're looking at that, uh, you know, I don't think many doctors are going to just stop seeing people on Medicare, but if somebody on Medicare, if their doctor retires, they're going to have a hard time finding a new doctor, or if they uh, move to a new location to be closer to children or their grandchildren, they're going to have a harder time uh, getting a doctor when they get to that new spot. You mentioned the issue of workforce, and, and the legislation has some, some meager incentives, I call them, to uh, increase that, but do you think it goes far enough to uh, address the workforce shortages, as you touched on, with the, a lot of physicians retiring? Um, are, are people going to be able to keep up with the demand of services created under this legislation? Well, I agree with you, Sean. No, I don't think that, uh, the, I think that it's going to get worse in terms of the uh, availability of, of nurses, doctors, other providers. You know, there's more money in this uh, health care law to hire IRS agents to uh, to look into your tax returns to make sure you have insurance uh, than there is money for actually training new doctors or nurses to care for the to care for patients, and that's one of the fundamental problems with this. The president made so many promises. He said if you, uh, that the cost would drop by about $2,500 per family, and now we know that, that's, that prices have gone up faster than if law hadn't been passed, and the new CBO report says that people buying the insurance through the exchanges, they're going to end up having to pay more as well. Uh, we also know the president said if you like what you have, you can keep it. And there's a new report out yesterday, and I'm getting ready to go to the Senate floor with my weekly doctor's second opinion that showed that about one in ten businesses say they're going to drop uh, the coverage that they currently provide to uh, to the, the people that work with in their companies, and that that number may get worse as time goes on, making it harder and harder for people to keep what they have, even though they like it. Well, you, you touched on that, too. We've got about 150 to 160 million Americans on employer-sponsored coverage, and when you, when you uh, 
take 10% of that, that's $15 million. That's basically doubling the size of the exchanges under the CBO, isn't it, Senator? And that's, of course, going to be a higher collective cost for all of us. Well, that's right. When you put when the when businesses do what the incentives in the health care law uh, seem to be pushing toward, which is drop your employees, that then they get into the government-subsidized uh, exchanges, which then I think is going to make this health care law, which is already unaffordable, uh, even more expensive. And you just have to ask yourself, you know, how can we as a nation afford this? Uh, you, know, you look at some of the poll numbers and people across the board, Republicans, Democrats and independents alike, believe that this will actually, this health care law will hurt the economy. And independents who are going to have such a role in this upcoming uh, election, 70 percent of them want the health care law repealed, either in total or in part, uh, and they believe that it will hurt uh, the economy. They believe that it will hurt uh, you know, hospitals, doctors, insurance companies, and specifically will hurt them personally. What are some plans that the Republicans could do, assuming they can repeal? I know it's going to be a tough sell because, of course, the CBO said that the cost to repeal was quite expensive. So I think that's going to be a tough sell politically. How do you think the Republicans could um, take this issue and use it to uh, their advantage and pass something that may lower costs for the folks out here? Well, that's what the direction and the, the approach should have been from the beginning to focus on on lower costs. You know, the only reason that the Congressional Budget Office says that it uh, that, that it helps financially is because there's 21 new taxes uh, on on Americans. So when you're going to raise taxes by over a trillion dollars, uh, you know, it's no surprise that. Uh, uh, that for those of us who don't like to see taxes raised at all, we're opposed to tax increases, uh, that, it, that it makes the, the, the book work challenging. But what we need to do is get patients involved with skin in the game, making decisions. We need to w- ways that let small businesses uh, come together to get better deals, let people buy insurance across state lines, let, uh, and, and have actual individual patient-centered incentives. So people that do things that actually help them lose weight, stay healthy, avoid smoking, that those those they would have uh, advantages to doing that, which are nowhere included in the health care law now. And then, of course, I mean, you see that we see that in Wyoming. You see it in, in Nebraska. You have a huge listenership with a 50,000 watt uh, station there that uh, people know what happens with lawsuit abuse. They know how that drives up the cost of care, the cost of practicing medicine and the cost of their own care because of in, uh, so many uh, defensive medicine studies that are done where, uh, you know, doctors order tests more to treat the doctor than the patient just because they don't want to fear missing something for fear that they may get sued. Um, you, you touched on, on an issue that, that's popular out here as far as, you know, a lot of folks out here just think it makes sense to sell, you know, insurance across state lines. Of course, there's a lot of regulatory questions that would have to be answered. But have you talked to uh, your other your other colleagues uh, from neighboring states uh, about the possibility of some regional solutions uh, to this crisis? Because, of course, we know that uh, health care spending varies widely across the country. But here in the Midwest, we have lower costs compared to others, yet lower populations. Population. Do you think there could be regional solutions going forward? Well, I'm always for, for uh, the more localized uh, solution. The, the better, Sean, I know that Washington, when it makes a decision, it usually doesn't work for Wyoming, and it likely doesn't work for most of Nebraska either, because the one-size-fits-all doesn't really work for uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, our area of the country. And that's why I've, Lindsey Graham and I have introduced a piece of legislation called the State Health Care Choice Act, so states can have more flexibility, more choice in those decisions, and um, and use local solutions. So you've been studying this law, obviously, for a long time. What's something that really stands out that really 
is something that could needs to be addressed right away before you could even begin repealing it. Well, this, I think some of these taxes uh, are, are terrible. I think that this uh, this uh, so-called independent uh, payment advisory board, which is a group of 15 unelected bureaucrats who are going to decide uh, on uh, reimbursements for different procedures, they will be essentially a rationing board to determine who gets what care by what they choose uh, as government bureaucrats to uh, uh, you know to, to regulate or to allow or to pay for. Uh, that's that's an incredible amount of power for an unelected board. Board of bureaucrats uh, that really have uh, very little, if any, congressional oversight. It would take a little, uh, literally, an act of Congress to overturn any of their uh, any of their decisions. I think that needs to be done away with now. One of the issues is hospitals are exempt from the IPAB because of uh, well, I guess it was an arrangement that they made prior. Um, do you care to comment on other arrangements and how they may impact? Indirectly? Well, as you know, when people were trying to watch the decisions being made, the president promised this would all be open and on C-SPAN, and in fact it wasn't. It was all done behind closed doors, but there were a number of sweetheart deals cut to get uh, people to agree to sign on to, to vote for this health care law. I think that uh, people looking back at this say this is not the way to, to make legislation in, in our country. It's, uh, you know, people from the beginning, they, what they were looking for with health care reform. And, you know, I'm a doctor. I, I got involved in politics because I wanted to make a difference and thought that uh, there were things we could do to help improve the health care system. Um, people wanted the care that they need from a doctor that they choose at lower cost. And this health care law has not provided any of those three. It's making, I believe, harder for people to get the care that they need. They're going to have less choice in terms of who takes care of them. And what we see is costs have gone up. And that's not what people want. That's not what they wanted. And that's why they're so unhappy with this health care law and why it remains so unpopular now over two years since it was passed, Sean. Senator, uh, you know, you mentioned why you, you were, you're an idealist and you went to Washington, obviously, to make a difference. Can you talk about just how you feel? Do you ever feel frustrated about some of just the uh, stagnation and in action that's going on out there? Well, you know, I get home every weekend uh, to Wyoming and uh, to visit with people, travel around the state. I was in our state Senate, and in our state Senate, you have to balance the budget every year. Bills are on a single topic, and as I always say, it would be a lot better if we did things the way uh, that we do them out west uh, the, instead of the way they do it in the east. And, uh, you know, I think we need a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution. We need to live within our means, and our problem isn't that we're taxed too little. It's that we as a nation spend too much, and that's why I'm, uh, you know, working hard to to change the the, the face of uh, elected officials to get people that are that think the way that we do out west in terms of limited spending, limited government, uh, and uh, and living within our means. Uh, Senator, one last question. Uh, uh, as a leader in the Republican Party, um, could you uh, just give a 30-second, uh, you know, kind of sound by why uh, the listeners out there should uh, give the Republicans a look this election and why, they sh- why they're right on health care and, and this legislation is wrong? Well, you know, I believe in a country of equal opportunity. And uh, to me, I look at the president, and he believes in a, in equal results, regardless of effort. And the, the people that are, are listening to you, Sean, know that uh, this is a wonderful country. It is a great country. We are a strong and resilient nation. Uh, but the biggest threat right now is our national debt. Uh, no enemy can defeat us, uh, but with the kind of money that we're borrowing, and we're borrowing $2 million every minute, a lot of it from China, it is very difficult to stay a strong um, nation internationally as well as at home if you have this kind of debt. We have to get the spending under control, and when that comes from actually controlling spending, not raising taxes uh, on the very people who create the jobs. 
and and all you need to do if you're if you're in if you know you're in in uh, Nebraska yesterday the United States Department of Agriculture came out with a something called meatless mondays meatless mondays i mean think about that you know our largest cash crop in wyoming uh, is beef you've had uh, your senator and former governor was secretary of agriculture right. this would never happen under a republican administration that was Senator John Barrasso joining us here on America's Healthcare Challenge, orthopedic surgeon and uh, an overall great guy uh, out of Washington, uh, the senator from the great state of Wyoming. This is America's Healthcare Challenge. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to uh, have Grant Culp joining us, and we're going to uh, get his thoughts and analysis on how things might play out um, in this election cycle. It's going to be an interesting one, and the future of our healthcare and nation could depend on it depending on how you look at it this is america's healthcare challenge 402-342-1290 is the number we'll be back right after this